0: Amen. We're told that we're not supposed to live in the past, at least in America. We're told not to live with those memories stuck in the past. We're told that we can't have a better tomorrow if we only think about yesterday all the time. For example, I think we all know what happens to high school athletes who can't get over 1998. Yes, the 1998 state championship game put me in, coach. That was a game. They get so stuck in the past that they fail to see all the opportunities in the present and the future. In fact, most high school students that can't move past their glory days of high school, well, they typically, well, they don't do too well, typically speaking, at college. Or worse yet, they fail in general at life. But it isn't just high school. In the business realm, we have this as well. This happens all the time. A person gets, let's just say, the employee of the month, or they come in with the most sales for the year. And then only next year or next month, well, they go downhill. And the reason why, you see, yesterday's successes don't carry on forward to the next month or the next year in the realm of business. In the realm of politics, we see this as well. We do the same. Yes, we do not elect a president based on what was done in the past. Instead, we elect a president based on what is promised for the future, what the president himself promises us in those campaign speeches. Farmers, they know this all too well. A successful crop last year means absolutely nothing to do or has nothing to do with the successful crop of the next year. Farmers that live in 2021, in that season of farming, well, that makes no guarantee for 2022. Indeed, Let's not forget also the simple objects in our lives, whether it is an old gun or a car or a purse or an outfit or a cell phone, whatever it may be, we're told that they're not good enough, that they're not complete as is. We're told that we need to accessorize, we're told that we need to update, we're called to always improve. And then when we're done accessorizing our things and our gadgets and all the things that we accumulate, well they come in with something new yet again, something bigger, and something better, something faster. And we have to upgrade again. To the point, in America, we can't live on yesterday's accomplishments. In America, we're driven. Yes, we're driven by new beginnings, if you will. We draw our strength from what we will earn, what we will accomplish in the future, what we will update, and what we will complete. Indeed, all in the future. For us Americans, the present moment is never complete. Indeed, it is never finished. We can never rest. For us Americans, the past can prop a person up, yes, for a little while, but in the very end, the past, well, it doesn't last forever, indeed. But let us not forget the church as well. The church gets drugged into this mindset as well. Indeed, the church gets drugged into this mindset as well. While we do not have a lot of time to go down this rabbit trail, and we certainly could for quite some time, consider all the foolish hours that churches in America spend drumming up busy-sounding mission and vision statements with these so-called church growth gurus. In other words, many American pastors feel as if their churches are stagnant, that they are stuck in the mud. So they have to create a bunch of, yes, busy, unfinished work to give to their church for the sake of giving the church purpose, for the sake of giving the church identity, worth, and significance to make parishioners busy little bees. The church is important and valuable if they can achieve the goals that are set out before them, kind of like a carrot on the end of a stick. And that mission, and that vision statement, well, then, yes, catapult the church forward. And so, even in the church, in America, parishioners are driven by new beginnings of what they will complete and what they will accomplish in the future. Now, why mention all of this on Good Friday, today, here? Well, it's quite simple. When Jesus hung on that bloody cross and gave up his spirit, he did not say these words, and so it begins. Dear friends, on that cross, and so it begins. Instead, he said those famous words, yes, those famous words in the original language, tetelestai. Yes, tetelestai. He said, get this, it is finished. To tell us, it is finished. You see, your Christian faith does not operate in the realm of future possibilities. Sure, we have Christian hope, let's not deny that. We have Christian hope of eternal life in the future, but mark this eternal life is not on a bucket list, if you will, a bucket list of things that you need to get done to get her done. Eternal life is not something you need to complete or accomplish. If it were, well, it would not be an inheritance. You see, you do not accomplish or earn an inheritance. If you did, it would not be an inheritance. Instead, inheritances are given to you as a gift. An inheritance is essentially yours. It's yours in the present, even though it is not fully received. But back to the point. Jesus did not say, and so it begins. And the reason why? Well, at the cross, we hear that Christ finished it all. Again, when Jesus said the words, it is finished, these words were not said in a mood of possibility. You can finish it. Furthermore, he did not say these words to get you and me to look away from the past to the future. It will be finished. Yes, it will be finished. And finally, He did not say these words as a mission and vision statement for the church. Finish it. Ah, that rings well. Finish it, church. Now Jesus said, it is finished. He said these words clearly. He said them confidently, so that these words would echo throughout eternity for his church. So that his church, that you as his baptized saints, would live on his accomplishments And not be driven by the foolish goose chases of the new beginnings, the ideas of new beginnings. You see, we must remember that Jesus never, hear me loud and clear, there are churches, there are churches that have said this for decades, and this is not true. Jesus never does a new thing. Yes, he did do an old thing, not a new thing, he did an old thing, and that old thing that he did is that he died and he bled on a Roman cross. He bled and died, not to start something new that we would have to finish and complete later on after he, what, rose from the grave, but rather he bled and he died to finish everything, everything for you and for me. And so baptized saints, hear this loud and clear. Christ, he bled and he died. He bled and he died to finish, to finish God's wrath against you. He bled and he died to finish sin's condemnation towards you. He bled and he died to defeat the devil for you. He did what he did on the cross because it is what you and I precisely need. And so, unlike all the ways we have continually steered away from yesterday's accomplishments to so-called new beginnings in life, well, Christianity is the exact opposite Indeed, it is the exact opposite. Sure, we look forward to the resurrection and eternal life, no doubt about that, but we only can look forward to the resurrection and eternal life because of what Christ did in the past. And what he did in the past is not some incomplete or half-baked atonement that we have to add to, that we have to expand, that we have to implement or update What he did on the cross was not like a 10% down kind of feature, a 10% down payment, meaning that the remaining balance is due later on. There is nothing, my friends, yeah, there's nothing. There is nothing that you, as Christ's church, needs to do about forgiveness, about life, about salvation. You see, you can't add to something that is finished. It's impossible. When Jesus says it is finished, we cannot say, oh, wait a minute, let me add a little bit to it. It doesn't work that way. Jesus says it is finished, and my friends, it is finished. It's done. You can't improve something that is complete, you can't expand something that is done. As a Christian, this means that you live. Ah, that we live. God be praised. We live. We live on yesterday's accomplishments, what Christ actually did for you and for me on that bloody cross. As a Christian, your faith does not draw strength from what you will accomplish, what you will earn, or what you may complete in the future. But instead, the past actually props you up for eternity because Christ is eternal. And what Christ did and what he finished Actually lasts because Jesus lasts. And so this good Friday evening, hear the words of Jesus yet again. Let them ring in your ears loud and clear this evening. Let them take root in your mind and in your bones and in your soul. To teleste, to teleste. It is finished. It is finished. Hear this. Jesus finished it all for you. Nothing left out, nothing left undone, nothing incomplete, no additional signs, no commas, no sequels, no to-be-continued. Everything is done. It is done for you. For his shed blood was entirely sufficient for you. It is finished, dear saints. It is finished, dear blessed saints, for you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, right with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org, or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The, the Lord bless, bless and keep you. And keep you.